Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I'm sure you've had this experience growing up, playing a game of kickball or basketball or tag on a playground, and you're having so much fun out there that you don't even, don't even realize that the time has come for you to head back to class. You can't even hear the teacher yelling. You've drowned that out. You've learned how to push that sound out of your ears. So what does the teacher do? What does the recess monitor do? Hello. Good morning. Thank you for being here. That helps some of you wake up a little bit. But it's that shrill, that loud sound that cuts through the center of our brain. It's the sound of a whistle that stops us in our tracks. You ever been driving and police officer is there directing traffic, and you hear the whistle that causes you to be uncertain about what you're supposed to do. From the beginning of time, probably, adults, teachers, and leaders have used whistles to get the attention of children and people. I don't know about you, but I can whistle. Got any whistlers? Got any whistlers among us? All right. Each one of you got a little little whistle. Can anybody do the real loud one? Don't do it, but anybody, we got a few people that you use that. It's very powerful if you can do that, that, that whistle. Uh, but it's that whistle that gets our attention really just air blowing through our mouth at a certain way, and it's interesting trying to teach somebody, kids, how to whistle, because you just do it. You just know how to do it. It's hard to, to teach them, but when they learn, man, what a day that is when they can learn <laughs> how to whistle. It's both exciting and horrifying knowing that they can whistle. We've got songs, of course, we've got the Whistle While You Work song, and then, of course, the Andy Griffith Show that's really helped us. There we go. All right. When I'm fishing with Anthony Henson, we have a whistle. I mentioned that at the beginning of the year, but we have a whistle. That means fish on. You're fishing, you hear that whistle, that means fish on. There's this whistle. I reserve that one for special occasions. There's dog whistles. Anybody have a dog and you have a dog whistle? It's a certain sound. Thankfully, I guess we can't hear it. But I remember when 
first started dating Kristen, and we were at the campground at Buckeye Lake. And if you've been to the campground at Buckeye Lake where our kids go to camp, there's a, what they call the dining hall, and it's this building, we'll call it a building, it's a building that just has tables and chairs and a kitchen in it, we'll leave it at that, and uh, it's crowded, kids are yelling, screaming, everything's going on, and I remember we were sitting near the concession stand, so some of you are familiar with it, sitting near the concession area, and I mean, it's loud in there, and it's just crazy. And all of a sudden, Kristen goes, my dad's here. I'm like, your dad's here? How do you know your dad's here? Well, he whistled. When he, as soon as he walked in the dining hall, he had this whistle, this real high, shrill whistle that she had been trained by, <laughs> that she knew that her dad was looking for her. So... I, uh, I, I've tried, I've got a little whistle that I do with the girls, and, uh, but it's not, as, it's not as good, I can tell you that, it's not as good as his whistle. So I want to ask you a question today and speak on a subject briefly this morning called, Can You Hear the Whistle? Can You Hear the Whistle? In 1779, Benjamin Franklin wrote a letter to a friend Madam Breland and told an interesting story about himself in this letter. He says that when I was a child, I was about seven years old, he said, my friends uh, on a certain holiday uh, gave me a bunch of money. He said, filled my pocket with coppers. He said, I went directly to a shop where they sold toys. I took these coins and became charmed with the sound of a whistle that I met by the way in the hands of another boy. And I voluntarily offered to buy this whistle from this boy that was leaving this shop. And the boy must have been a good capitalist, and he decided to increase the price of the whistle so that the whistle cost Benjamin Franklin all the coins that he had. He came home and he said, I went whistling all over the house. A brief pause. Has anybody seen a child with a harmonica? Yeah, that's rough too. But he said, much pleased with my whistle, but disturbing all the family. My brothers and sisters and cousins, understanding the bargain I had made, told me I had given four times as much for it as it was worth. That it put me in mind what good things I might have bought with the rest of the money. And they laughed at me so much for my folly that I cried with vexation. This is the statement he says, and the reflection gave me more chagrin than the whistle gave me pleasure. The reflection gave me more chagrin after I realized I had paid too much for the whistle. The thought of that gave me humiliation more than the whistle gave me pleasure. This, however, was afterward, he said, a use to me 
the impression continuing on my mind, so that often when I was tempted to buy some unnecessary thing, I said to myself, don't give too much for the whistle, and I saved my money. See, he said, as I grew up, came into the world and observed the actions of men, I thought I met with many, very many, who gave too much for the whistle. In our life, we can buy things that cost more than they're worth. We can buy things that we think will bring solution. We can reach for things in our life thinking they're going to provide an answer, but really they're just temporary satisfaction that the end is worse worse than the experience that we had. It's like the candy of the soul. It's candy. It gives a brief satisfaction, but certainly can have a detriment to our body. It doesn't bring lasting strength. There are times when we all have reached for what seemed important in the moment, but were simply temporary fixes in our life, and we buy the whistle. And we say, as Benjamin Franklin would say, the reflection of that gives us more chagrin than the whistle actually gave pleasure. While we're busy trying to get our own whistle and we spend our time trying to provide or find things that bring us happiness, I want us to understand today that God has a whistle. We find this whistle in when the prophet Zechariah is chosen by God during a time of darkness for the children of Israel. They are scattered, they are directionless, they are flailing in uncertainty. They're, they're kind of in this limbo stage where they're partially captured and they're partially free, but they're completely in a state of uncertainty. And it's in this setting where the temple of God is in disrepair and no clear path to ultimate freedom is known So God declares to this people, this people that are uncertain, this people that are disconnected from his plan and his presence and his power. He says in Zechariah 10.8, I will whistle for them and gather them in for I have redeemed them and they shall be as many As they were before. He says I will whistle for them. The whistle is a call isn't it? It's a signal. It's not a call by words. It's a call by sound. And I would propose that God does not just speak to us through words. But there are many times that. God uses things in our life to get our attention. And here is what I would propose this morning very simply. 
That when we consider that God said, I will whistle for them. I believe it was a prophetic declaration that Christ would be that whistle. The work of the cross of Jesus Christ was that universal, eternal sound that signaled to heaven and to earth that God was gathering a people. He was going to bring back a creation. He was going to bring back humanity to himself. He was going to reconcile them to himself. And so it is today that the gospel is that certain sound that beckons us out of an enslaved state of sin and into a life of freedom. It is this sound that when we hear it, we realize that there's a loving God that is beckoning us, that is calling for us. He's whistling for us to come. It's the sound of truth that calls to us. It's the sound of love. It's the sound of hope. The whistle is that sound of wind blowing through the mouth. We, we mentioned it, a whistle is that high-pitched sound made forcing air through a small opening. Maybe you've experienced it on some windy days. The wind can create some sounds. It can create some whistling noises. Had a friend in, who was telling me about his experience with the Dayton tornadoes that happened last year or so when he was said that when it came through his backyard, it sounded like a, a freight train. It was this large sound that came through his backyard because wind creates sound. It creates the sound of, a, 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 of some kind of whistle or some kind of sound that resonates. It brings the attention of people. Jesus said, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. He said, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound thereof. When they were on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. There was a sound associated with the wind. And so Zechariah would say that God will whistle for them. God will call them. He will use a sound to petition them. And I submit today that God is whistling for us, that Jesus Christ came to this earth so that we could hear a certain sound, that we could hear a certain sound that beckons us to him. And Zechariah said, it like this, he said, I will whistle for them and gather them in. The Bible is telling us that God's whistle, the point of his whistle, is so that he will gather us together. He will take what is disjoined. He will take what is broken. He will take what is scattered, and he will whistle, and it will come together. It's exactly what the prophet Ezekiel would see in Ezekiel chapter 37. The dry bones uh, were all over the place, and, and all of a sudden, God brought them together. He 
took what was broken and scattered and he gathered them together. I want to help somebody today who feels a little disconnected and disjointed. I'm telling you today that God is whistling for you. God is calling for you. I don't care how disjointed you are. I don't care how broken you feel on the inside. I don't care how disconnected you feel from the body of Christ and the love of God. I serve a God who is still whistling for his people. He's still calling for people. It doesn't matter how far you've gone or how far you've walked away from God. He's whistling. He's saying, I'm bringing you back. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He's whistling. He's whistling for us. He's whistling for us. I understand today that it's God who does the calling. It's impossible for me in this moment, I believe, to do enough to beckon you. But I believe if somehow today you could see a loving God, a loving Savior who is calling out to you in spite of where you've been, I believe that you will respond to that God. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to gather us. He said, I will whistle for them and gather them in. And God is calling us today. He's calling us today because he wants to gather a people for himself. He wants to bring what is broken and scattered and bring it together. Would be the sound that they would hear on Mount Sinai that God would use that sound to gather his people. And it would be when God gathers at the end of time The Bible said he's going to use the sound of a trumpet. It's going to be a moment of gathering and those who are able to hear the whistle, they're able to hear the trumpet, will be able to respond to it. He says, I will whistle for them and gather them in for I have redeemed them. This idea of redemption is a little bit of a stretch for us today. It's this idea of being set free of being bought back out of slavery or prison and restored. And many of us really don't understand this concept of being enslaved where we lose our personal rights and dignity or freedom. It's unfortunate, a part of the American story, this idea of slavery. But thank God for American heroes and those who stood up in the face of slavery And people who stood up to oppose it. But we don't understand it as well as maybe previous generations do. But I want us to understand that this redeeming power that God provides is for us today. That God wants to literally set us free to break the chains and the yokes that are binding us. He said, I will whistle for them and I will gather them. To redeem them. I want to set them free. They're kind of in this land of uncertainty, but I'm trying to set them free. Being redeemed means that someone from the outside has to come to those who are helpless and set them free. 
Deem is a legal term that means to judge. To deem somebody means to judge them. The re is the prefix that means to do it again. And that while we are judged in our sin, we are judged in our nature, in our sin nature, Jesus came to redeem us, to rejudge us. And so he's whistling for us. He's calling for us to purchase us, to set us free. And so Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. We're trapped. We're hopeless in sin. We're without dignity. We're without humanity. We're without hope. But Jesus said, That a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Jesus has come to rescue us, to liberate us, to set us free. As I will whistle for them, he sent Christ to be that whistle and gather them to bring together a body that was disjointed to redeem for I have redeemed them and it says and they shall be as many as they were before he's going to not just redeem them he's going to restore them I believe today that God wants to restore somebody in this room you are God's prized Possession. You are God's chosen people. He is calling for you. He is whistling for you. Something that you and I can sometimes get lost in this idea of whistling or calling. We think that the calling is maybe for the elite or the calling of God is for a certain type of person. But I'm telling you, God calls all. He's redeeming all. I come to a close today reminded of this story I read about. Tells that it was about one o'clock in the morning when the phone rang, and Dr. Leo Winters, who was a highly acclaimed Chicago surgeon, passed away, I think in 2005. About one in the morning, he was woke up. There had been an accident, and he was needed to do immediate surgery. Quickest route happened to be through a tough part of town, But with time being a critical factor, he felt it would be worth the risk to drive through. One of the stoplights, his door was yanked open by a man with a gray hat and a dirty flannel shirt. The man screamed at him and said, I have to have your car, and pulled him out of the front seat. Dr. Winters tried to explain the gravity of the situation but the man would not listen. So when the doctor was finally able to get a taxi to 
the hospital over an hour had elapsed and it was too late as the patient had passed away some 30 minutes earlier. The nurse told him that the father of the victim had gone to the chapel wondering why the doctor never came. Dr. Winters walked hurriedly to the chapel and when he entered, he saw the father. He was wearing a gray hat and dirty flannel shirt. Tragically, he had pushed from his life the one who could save his son. He had pushed him out. God is calling. God has set a sound, a certain sound, a gospel sound. And he's trying to rescue us from ourselves. He's trying to help us and to save us. Sometimes we get so caught up in the chaos of life that we won't hear his call. We won't listen because we have our own whistle. We have our own sound. We're trying to save ourselves. We're trying to create our own answers to life. We want saved. We want to be rescued, but we're trying to do it and fix it on our own. God is telling us today. God is telling us today, I will whistle for you. I'm calling for you. Because I want to gather you and I want to redeem you. I want to save you from your sins. Would you stand with me this morning? See, the question that I pose this morning is, can you hear the whistle? Can you hear the whistle? Can you hear God's whistle for you? Or do you just hear your whistle that you purchase? You hear God's beckoning in your life. What's motivating you in your life? What's driving you in your life? Is it something that you've purchased? Something you've created? Or is it a Savior who saying, I've got something way better than anything you can create in this life? Paul would say, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. I'm looking forward to that sound, that gathering. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to not hear that sound. And so today, maybe you're at a point in your life where you need to surrender all to Jesus Christ. You need to surrender all of your heart. I 
I felt the Lord whisper to me just a few moments ago when I was standing over there that some of you have compartmentalized your relationship with God. Kind of put it in its own separate category and then there's life. And I wonder today if you would open up your entire life to the power of God. You would open up every decision. You would open up every relationship. You would open up everything you do to the power of Jesus Christ. Because He wants to redeem you. But He doesn't just want to redeem a part of you. He wants to redeem all of you. He doesn't want to have just a category that He fits in. He doesn't want to just be a certain number of minutes on a certain day of the week. He kind of wants to be Lord of all. He wants access to all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength. And so he's calling today. He's inviting us to surrender everything to him. So if you have not repented of your sins, if you have not turned towards him, Today's a great day to ask God to forgive you, to turn towards him as your savior. You have not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We got to see stories of those who have had that experience in the last couple weeks. I encourage you to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You haven't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. I encourage you to experience that, to reach for that in your life. So I believe God is calling all of us. Lord, I pray in this moment now, I pray for the strength of God in this room. I pray, God, for the, the calling of God to go out. God, your word is a certain sound in our life. God, your word meant to be an active ingredient, an active element of our life. And I'm praying today that somebody would surrender to your call. They would hear the call. Just as a shepherd petitions and calls those sheep with a sound, I pray, God, that somebody would turn towards you who maybe has wandered away from you, but they're hearing the sound of your love. They're hearing the sound of your mercy today and they want to turn towards you. I pray you would give them courage, you would give them confidence to turn towards you today. Oh God, you love us with an endless love. And while we still can, I pray that our hearts would love you in return. I pray somebody would bow a knee at this altar today to surrender their heart to you. They would surrender their entire life to you. God, in a way maybe they haven't done before. God, I pray against fear or against shame, the things that keep us from really believing that you love us. Lord, I pray we would feel your unending love. Oh God, I pray, I pray for your people today. Gather us together. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about The Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people 
high-energy music and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.